Hello, you've reached another episode of the Cowboy Jeff and Andy podcast. My guest today is Stephen Spiegel, a local stand-up comedian. So it should be a great show. Stay tuned. I'm here with Steven Spiegel, and he is a local comedian. Good afternoon, Steven. <laughs> Cowboy Andy, hi. We are friends from the improv sphere, and, uh, you know, been going to open mics, and it's been, really been interesting to uh, see your stand-up develop over the last year and a half. Thank you. Yeah, Andy, we know each other from improv. That's been a lot of fun uh, playing together. And, yeah, you've uh, had a good little seat to see me on my journey in both uh, stand-up and uh, improv, and it's, it's been a journey. <laughs> and I saw you. I really admired uh, how vulnerable you really were, just getting up there and just laying it all out. And that's kind of what you're supposed to do in an open mic, but really, uh, as myself pursuing comedy, I kind of, like, how, do, how vulnerable should I be? How much should I reveal? And, it's, and in this day and age, everyone's sharing. Yeah. Um, I mean, it really started with improv. I mean, I kind of just learned early, just kind of just letting myself go and just being free, playing, not giving an, an F. I mean, can we, yeah, not giving a, you know, and just getting out there and then uh, giving it a chance with open mic and uh, knowing, I mean, I'm not going to be selling out arenas anytime soon, just getting up there, having fun. And again, just not giving an F and whether people laugh or not, I don't know. I was having fun. I was laughing. I'm still laughing. I'm still doing it a year and a half into it. And uh, yeah. <laughs> well, it's quite a rush to get up there. Really get your heart pumping. It's yeah. It's a adrenaline. I was just talking about this. I'm not into skiing. I don't skydive. I don't scuba dive. I mean, this is my adrenaline rush. Yeah, you get up there with five minutes. Everyone's staring at you, and uh, you're hoping to entertain them, get some laughs, get some giggles. And same thing with the the improv world. You know, you're up there, and you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what the person you're playing with is going to say. You don't know what an audience member is going to suggest, and yeah, it's a rush. Now, can you tell us a little bit of your last bit? There was a uh, a Jewish holiday that we just had. <laughs> yeah, so uh, obviously you can't tell with uh, being an audio, but um, I, I am Jewish. And you, <laughs> if we were on YouTube, you'd probably see. Not like I have the biggest Jewish nose in the what world. What part of the small Israeli diaspora here in Slow? Uh, let's see, one of my jokes is, uh, okay, Steven Spiegel is actually just a stage name. I uh, shortened it from Steven Spiegelman, Bergman, Stein, Menberg, Stein, Stein, Katz. Uh, I shortened it when I moved to San Luis Obispo to sound a lot less Lutheran. <laughs> no, uh, I am Jewish. And, uh, yeah, it's, you know, and I've had some fun with that here in San Luis Obispo. It's uh, not the largest of community. There is definitely a community here, but I, I poke fun at being a minority and having fun with that right yeah it definitely gives uh, you a perspective yeah yeah and so uh, yeah so i mean with the comedy it's, it's just kind of like write what you know and what do i know i know i grew up jewish am i very religious no am i religious at all no but i i mean i have that background i know it's different than most people uh it's interesting there's a lot to you know take a look at and make fun of or you know just bring light to and uh and then just other stuff that my other comedy is I, I'm recently divorced. I mean, that was the, the real driving force that got me into improv and stand up comedy. It was obviously a lot cheaper than therapy. And so. And I could relate to that because I'm 
divorced and I really, you know, I'm in improv as well. It's kind mm. of, it's a, it is good therapy and, and it's a good community. I mean, it's, I mean, just you named it. It's, it's all of the above. It's instant community. We have friends all over the county now. We have things to do, people to see. Uh, we have people to entertain. You just let yourself go. You're not yourself. You're not thinking about any of the stuff that's just negative in your world or just in that stuff. You're just letting yourself have fun and you're, you're bringing fun to people that show up to watch. And I mean, how is that, how is that not a good time? Well, and also you're a, a, a dad who's mm-hmm. divorced, raising two boys, yeah. and, and that certainly provides for a lot of material. Oh, it writes itself. I mean, you have uh, two boys. I mean, they're ages six and four. They're amazing, Arlo and Ezra. I mean, they're my world. And, uh, yeah, I'm the luckiest guy in the world. So I get to do comedy, make fun of them, make fun of myself being a dad, making it up as I go along. And uh, we're having fun. And, you know, it's I th- it's made me a better dad that I've – I've had this time to to explore, have this very interesting hobby, have daddy time, Stephen time, and it allows me to a when I am with my boys to be that much more present, you know, be a good dad. Now, when I'm on stage, I make fun of all the crazy stuff that I do do, <laughs> do with my kids, and you know, I exaggerate a little bit. I mean, that's what comedy is: eighty percent true, twenty percent made up, or twenty percent true, eighty percent made up. Who knows? And uh, so that's yeah, instant instant material with little boys running around. Yeah, and a lot of the audience can really relate to that. Yeah, I mean, again, I, I mean, some comedians, and I do some humor where I make an observation. Uh, okay, Jewish. Uh, I talk about Jesus Christ, right? Well, Jewish carpenter, you say. Well, actually, I have a theory that Jesus Christ was the first Jewish comedian. Now, I just realized this joke doesn't work so well in audio because now I would do make a crucifix thing and say, I'm dying up here. And then I find the first person that's laughing the hardest and I say, thank you, Jerusalem. I'll be back in three days. I'll say, again, I'm Jewish. I wrote that joke. I don't really get it. Maybe you can help explain it to me. (laughs) But uh, yeah, so I just have fun. So but but most of my humor is just it is stuff that's happening in my life and just having fun with that. Just. I was trying to, obviously, we're in a serious time with this war in Israel, and, and, uh, and I was trying to articulate for my students the, the history, uh, you know, the, the Jews were the Native Americans or the Native Israelis, and, and it's just, uh, you know, such a uh, tragic situation over there. Uh, do you have family uh, connections back in the um, Israel, and have you been to Israel? I have been to Israel. Uh let's see right after high school and uh, my sister actually has been there several times and has lived on kibbutz and has a lot of uh, friends in in Israel Um, I believe everyone is safe but uh, yeah it's 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 scary stuff and I I watched Saturday Night Live last night and uh, they came back and and they addressed it and they and they they talk about the importance of humor during these incredibly difficult times and it was uh, Pete Davidson opened the show and and they say and he's and he makes the joke of yeah like you'd think oh I'm I'm Pete Davidson you know this I'm the right person to open talk about this very serious subject but then he's like you know what I was my father or Pete Davidson's father was killed in 9-11 as a firefighter and he talked about how it was comedy that got him through that moment and I think about 
me personally right now i mean yeah going through a divorce after a 20-year marriage how important was improv and doing stand-up and laughing with my friends and making other r random strangers laugh and just laughing at myself and laughing when jokes don't laugh land and just being distracted with that versus diving into whatever was going on into the news and yes when i was married i was a big news consumer but it was nice after the divorce i just basically cut out news wow for the that's most impressive part, and and focused on things like that were important to myself and one of those outlets was comedy and uh and it it helps i mean uh, uh we did an open mic last monday it was the monday right after the the attack in israel and uh and I had looked at the news for the first time in almost two years and really digested it. And it was, it was, it was, as you imagined, tough. And I was very thankful to have an open mic to go to that Monday night and be with friends. And just, I even, I talked about being Jewish and made a, probably a poorly tasteful joke that I almost regret now because, yeah, this is some, I don't know, I should have made a silly sex joke and talk about blowjob cows <laughs> i don't know just some other crazy stuff that yeah you know just a little more on the silly side that's 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 more that's more of my brand silly right not i'm the i'm the political one maybe that's i okay. don't know no 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 hey hey just everyone's got their lanes i think that uh, at least that the college students that we're performing for they don't really know a lot about the Palestinian-Israeli con uh, conflict, and I, yeah. I think it's a chance, you know, using comedy to just kind of educate. Yeah, I, it's just a lot of ch uh, using comedy as a platform to educate, not just that, but just things in terms of self-development, things I've learned, again, in my post-divorce things, just things I never knew as a person about self-development, self-care, and I can maybe bring, uh, make jokes about it and whatnot, but maybe it brings attention to someone who wasn't thinking about that, and yeah i mean that's the beauty about comedy or you can use it as a platform it's a it's a blank space you have five minutes to just fill that blank dead air with whatever you want and if you want to educate and poke fun or or find the the humor in a very serious topic like the presidential election then go for it or if you want to go the other end and talk about weird noises that you're knee makes when you uh, get out of a chair and it sounds like a fart then go that direction is that what is that the smart and the dumb <laughs> uh, yeah can you tell me a little bit about your background i i know uh yeah okay so yeah i uh i am a professional videographer working in sports broadcasts so mostly right now i'm a, I'm a freelance camera guy for espn Ooh, going to those college basketball games i work a lot of college basketball a lot of college football as one of the camera guys it's 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 a lot of fun it's they don't have a lot of uh espn doesn't roll into uh, san luis obispo too often so when i am working a few times a month i'm usually traveling down south or north which is i mean no complaints get in a car drive three hours and i'm somewhere and then work in the rose bowl or work up yeah it's, it's a great job it's a lot of fun uh, i've been doing that for multiple years 20 years i also do a lot of video production editing um, had a background in sports broadcast doing back in the, my old life doing documentaries and shooting and editing and having a lot of fun and uh, and that's why i think again i'm enjoying uh open mic stand-up because it's a lot like what i used to when i used to produce stories i would have three minutes of a blank black 
black screen and then I would produce content that uh, shooting, editing, using music, using interviews, sound. And uh, now I'm getting to do scratch that creative itch with open mics. I have three to five minutes of dead space. Go make be creative. Have fun. And you grew up in Tucson. I grew up in Arizona and uh -huh. uh, spent a lot of my adult life in the Midwest, Kansas City. Uh, really? Yeah. I, uh, uh, so wow, Kansas City. That was City. after college, uh -huh. after my first job, and that's where I really developed as a in my sports broadcast career. And then I uh, came with my ex-wife to California and um, settled here in San Luis Obispo, and uh, and actually have a great life going right now. So no complaints. I have beautiful two little boys. I'm here in an amazing part of the world, doing fun, amazing things, meeting interesting people all the time. I mean, this is yeah. Well, we are at the Slow Public Market, and, and you live nearby, and, and this is such a, uh, they have the improv shows here in their yeah. community room, uh, but, I mean, what a, what a concept, and just what a place to just come and get a cup of coffee right after, uh, uh, right out of your house. Yeah, I, I live, I live within walking distance, biking distance to all this area, and it's, I'm kind of an urban development nerd, so it's... Oh, yeah, a, me too. I, have a, I was a uh, city said, planner. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. When you told me that, I was like, I freaked up. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I would like to come back in my second life as a city planner. It's my dream job. I don't know about that, but, no, I am a nerd about business development and just cool stuff that's happening inside the city in which I reside, and it's exciting to be so close and... I, I bike to Kennedy right down the street, and I feel like a, a little urban commuter nerd and enjoying being a San Luis Obispian. Is that what it, we are? Uh, San, a San Luis Obispian? I think that sounds right. A, a slocal. And you have family in New York? You said um, you had an uncle. That I, I had told you a story about my dad being closeted and mm -hmm. preacher, and you said you spent some time out as a child out at Fire Island. <laughs> Yeah, so I uh, I'm from I was born in New York. My oh, parents, you were? yeah, Brooklyn. And, no. um, I was born in the Long Island, uh -huh. Great Neck, Long oh, wow. Island, and my parents are both from there. And uh, where Seinfeld is that? Where Seinfeld's from? Let's see, yeah, I mean, I, I think they were Queens. Uh -huh. Yeah, my dad was from the Bronx. My mom was from Long Island, and uh, so I lived there until I was three. Now the best thing that ever happened to me was moved to Tucson, Arizona, when I was six, and grew up a nice, nice simple <laughs> Arizona. Yeah, we listened to Mark Marin and he went to Albuquerque. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just the best thing. Yeah, I saw how my cousins grew up in in New York and no. So what anyway, did your so, dad do? Uh, my dad was a um, financial guy for hospitals. Uh -huh. uh, retired now. But uh, so my grandfather uh, never officially you know came out, but uh, growing up, but we knew that he had men friends and uh, yeah, he had a summer house in Fire Island, and we would go out there quite a bit in the 80s and 90s, and that's how I learned about, uh, yeah, that lifestyle, and then uh, learned about AIDS, learned about uh, the Rubik's Cube, <laughs> learned about a 4 o'clock tea party across the harbor, uh, if you know Fire Island, and uh, I would go to the gift shop looking for, like, Bazooka Joe, just whatever candy you could find, you know, I was five six and with my sister and it was a full-on you know adult <laughs> adult toy shop but for you know gay men and uh it was fun it was, it was a great background I, I wouldn't change it for the world and uh it was, it was it was a great experience 
Well, it, it's a little different than my dad. Uh, I mean, they were in a small town of 2000 in Texas, so yeah. he didn't know anything. Oh, no, yeah. So, no, my grandfather, he lived in, he had uh, an apartment in the village in Manhattan, uh, right by NYC and uh, we would, NYU. And, uh, yeah, no, I, you know, so it's like right there in Greenwich Village. And he was very fashionable, very flamboyant, and then uh, had an appointment, apartment, you know, Upper East Side, New York City. So he'd go to New York and, you know, stay in the city, go to the Fire Island. It was. Wow. Yeah. And how old were you? Six. And, my, <laughs> yeah, it and, and then eventually uh -huh. all the way through high school. Yeah. Oh, wow. So. I went to Texas. <laughs> yeah, no, New York uh, and, you know, small town Texas, a little different uh, tolerance, I'm guessing. So there's a lot of open mics, and uh, maybe you can kind of, you know, start oh, on yeah. Monday and talk about those different. Oh, it's exciting, the scene. I mean, just in the year and a half uh, that I've been doing it, I mean, hey, let's, first of all, improv. And we have dogs are excited. But first of all, um, improv itself, uh, Sabrina Pratt and the Central Coast Comedy Theater itself has seemed like it's blown up. I mean, what, they're seven years old now, but just in the two years I've been involved, more and more classes, more and more uh, improv teams and performances. So that's blowing up. Do you think uh, there's a renaissance? I mean, I'm just oh. seeing seeing a renaissance. There's just definitely a post-pandemic. Uh, people want to get out and be amongst other people. So open mics and just performances, whether it's music, comedy. Uh, it just seems like there are more and more activities. And plus, you know, restaurants, too. It's hard enough to make make it work in restaurants and so having entertainment like an open mic or uh, a singer songwriter or an improv show i mean that's bringing those people that are buying some things and it's bringing their friends and it's bringing an audience so it seems like it's a good syner synergy between people want to do things these venues like here at the city market or where slow wine and beer or any of these places that we do open mics i mean they're they want people to come in and we want people to perform for so it, it's it's a good mix and it's all there's a good momentum and so yeah so the in the open mic scene well asked uh before you do that yeah. uh the, the central coast comedy theater is doing basically every thursday at slow wine and beer yeah. um they were at the uh slow country market on friday and i tell you these shows are ten dollars yeah. and there are people that are just into improv that are yeah. really skilled, and I'm just so impressed with the value that you're seeing. I started, I mean, I fell in love with it just taking my first class. Uh, I mean, I would go on, it was an intro, Improv 101. I had never done improv or acting or any comedy before, and it just started with that, and I fell in love with it right away. It was two hours of just nonstop laughing and I again no experience whatsoever most of the people in a one-on-one -on -one class have never done improv and we were just playing and having the time of our lives laughing and I'm like this is better than if I just sat home and watched my favorite two-hour comedy movie um, and I was like okay I'm in and so I probably signed up for every class and auditioned for every team and then I saw signs around town for open mics and Sabrina Pratt's like pushed me I'm like okay and then everyone from the improv class came to help support and then they started doing some uh, stand-up and it was just a it was such a wonderful support uh, community and then the and then the stand-up community a bit different than the improv community I mean they're different they're different cats uh, I'm not gonna lie uh, but they're 
they're supportive after a while. <laughs> now, uh, you, what is your uh, specialty of the improv? I know you do a lot of voices. Oh, oh yeah. No, I mean, well, it's yeah, it's improv. You get to play, and so uh-huh. yeah, I, like I said, I have like two. A, I have two boys, you know, uh-huh. four and six, and it's imagination play, and so it's, you get a chance to. You can be a four-year-old. You can be a seventy-year-old. You can be a, a woman. You can be anything you want. It was. It's it's improv, and and that's the thing you can't plan it out. It's the first thing that just comes to your head, and that is what is so fun. And you can't explain it after the fact, and you can't even really record it and say, "Oh, this was so funny. Watch this." It's something that magic that happens in that moment, which is again so different than stand-up. It, it's it's a totally different, even though they're both comedy and then they're both in their own, they're totally different, which has been fascinating to kind of juggle the two. I've been having. So much fun learning the two crafts, and that's what it is. They're two different skill sets. Yeah, that's kind of I kind of reflect on, you know, my artistic journey, and and uh, but I just think it helps. You know, I want to develop as a performer, and there's just different. There's a host of ways to do that, and mm-hmm. certainly stand up and uh, improv are kind of complementary. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm not doing this for anybody. I'm doing this for me. Yeah, I'm doing this to improve my confidence self-esteem after a rough it wasn't a rough divorce after a 20-year marriage and divorce and work on my communication skills so i can have a conversation look someone in the eye and be able to complete a sentence not sure if i was able to do that two years ago so saints barrel so that's on monday night and that's hosted by Oh, Aiden, Aiden Candelario. Aiden Candelario. I mean, every night, every night of the week now, there is an open mic. At weekly, Monday night at Saints Barrel, which is a beautiful wine bar downtown St. Louis off uh, Higuera. And then Tuesday night at the Libertine in St. Louis Obispo. And on Wednesday night, Kreuzberg, um, downtown St. Louis Obispo. And then also the Poor House in, in Paso Robles. I think that's now a bi-weekly professional show and then they still do open mic there that is a nice uh that's a great, i really like that room that's a great at, room. Uh, what is that the poor that's house the poor house in paso robles it's a, i performed uh a part of the pro- the professional show and that was my best 15 minutes because it's just great you're there everyone's there to have a good time it's a full room do you ever want to i mean how what's the longest that you've done that was that was 15 that, yeah, yeah yeah it was great it was supposed to just do 11 and i think christiana Ah, she was there in the room, but we were having fun. I was getting laughs and just let me go. And yeah, that's that was my adrenaline. That's you, you can't beat that rush. There's a lot of uh, tourists up there. I think there's more audiences. Yeah. So I noticed the few times I've been up there, there's some regulars and then they do. Yeah, they some uh, some tourists and then going back and then uh, uh, weekly open mics on Thursdays at the slow cider uh, tasting room. I know you were there on Thursday and you've seen that. Uh, the slow cider cider mic and that is a great show it's uh, every Thursday lots of energy and I mean all these shows are great I mean we have a great scene we have a lot of a lot of comics in the scene that are professional that get paid on a regular basis that put on a damn good show better than better than most Los Angeles and in San Francisco comics and these are people that are are taking me under their wing and helping me and showing me the way of, of how to do this and how to have fun and uh, not make a living off of I'm not going to make a living off of this. I'm just looking to, again, build my confidence and my communication skills. But we have a great scene. People are just, just a couple weeks into it, a couple years into it, and it doesn't matter. 
and everyone's having fun. You get up there, you bomb. I know a lot about bombing. I do it more often than I do a lot. I do it most time. I do it all the time. In fact, you I've tried some crowd work as well. <laughs> I should try jokes. I should try. You should try some, some jokes. Some jokes. Yeah, maybe yeah. I'll get an actual laugh. One, uh, yeah, two years into it, so I'm still looking for my first laugh. I was so impressed with the Cider House show. Uh, our friend Luke was hosting uh, the Mortician, former Mortician, and and he really he pieced the show together. He told he really was an MC, and I was just. That wasn't an open mic. It was really polished uh, yeah. material, a real professional show. Yeah, everyone just, everyone's just brings it. Because, I mean, you can do it. If you want to do comedy, whether it's improv or open mic, I mean, there's, you have something almost every night. I mean, Sabrina and Com Central Coast Comedy Theater, they're offering classes every single night and shows multiple times a week, it seems like. And then these open mics are weekly. And it's just like anything else, practice, and you just get up there and you just do it and do it i mean my first you were talking about this my first year i knew i was terrible and then i was just trying to learn the skill of getting up and talking and getting used to having people looking at me while i'm trying to finish a sentence that hopefully gets some laughs and normally it wouldn't and that's actually when my improv chops would come in because whatever line i would say well that didn't work that would get the laugh you know whatever right. on the moment uh -huh. and uh that was a year ago. I'm, I'm a little more polished. I still have a ways to go, <laughs> obviously. Um, I, I, the more I notice when I do take it more serious and sit down and write and watch YouTube tutorials on stand-up and read books, yeah, I'm a little bit better and practice and rehearse versus when I just go up there and wing it. But, you know, just putting in my 10,000 hours. <laughs> I used to say it takes 10,000 uh, 10, bombs to perfect bombing <laughs> I'm on my way to perfecting that well we also got a chance to do improv in Chicago on a Chicago stage and I sat down and then I was your dad and can oh. you complete that oh gosh yeah it's 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 so hard that was some of the best uh improv ever but it's so hard to explain it after the fact but it was it was great i think uh you were recently in the improv sketch i think you were recently divorced or and and uh, well you sum it up I, you said that you were the son and you said i'm sorry dad <laughs> but your mom your mom doesn't want to be married to you That's anymore right yeah i was the one delivering as the son the young son i was delivering to you the father all the material what, what? That she, does, what? She, she doesn't want to be and the reasons why and what uh, do you remember the reasons uh, something about some hygiene issues i think <laughs> and then someone came in and said yeah. oh we have someone looking at your apartment yeah yeah and then uh, they yeah and then there was a tag out and I have uh, a roommate and then and someone goes like i have a roommate yeah that's just oh it's it's a, again improv it's like you have to be there in the moment but that was what an amazing experience we're, you and i along with some other folks here from san luis obispo we're in chicago the home and the heart of comedy and improv and you and i are performing in front of a packed theater of former uh, fellow professional improvers and like an audience and I mean again adrenaline rush I mean what a thrill so you want to do a little bit a couple more jokes uh, let's see if I can <laughs> put me on the spot like I'm a comedian um, let's see uh, 
Well, this is more of a visual joke, but I used to say, like, when I first started, thanks for laughing. When I first started comedy a year and a half ago, I'm not going to lie, it was, ah, I'm pissing my pants. But, and that's, you know, visual me shaking. And now it's, and I usually put my hand on the mic stand and just casually calm and collect. And I'm like, but now, a year and a half later, I'm pissing my pants. And uh, no one can tell. Thanks to pit, depends for middle-aged men. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you. Uh, we will oh. go off on that. Oh. Okay, All sure. right. Thank you, thank you so much, Stephen, for joining me. Cowboy Andy, thank you. You've reached the end of another episode of the Cowboy Jeff and Andy podcast. My special thanks to Stephen Spiegel. I am on Facebook at Andy Watson, and we are on Gmail at CowboyJeffAndAndy at gmail.com, all lowercase. So I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.